0: Welcome to Second Half Now, a radio show for boomers and beyonders. Tools and tips for the life you want to live from now on with Dr. Dan Critchett. Second Half Now, sponsored by Dignity Memorial. It's time for Second Half Now. The doctor is in. Now here is your host, Dr. Dan Critchett.
1: And welcome to Second Half Now. We're so happy to uh, have you in our listening audience. Uh, It means a lot to us as we work very diligently and very hard to provide uh, relevant, powerful content for our listeners. This is a radio show for the 50-plus generation, and our theme is Helping America's Baby Boomer Live a Life That Matters. And there are a lot of things that contribute to living a life that matters and a lot of things that actually get in the way. We're going to talk about some of that today. And this is where we discuss the things that really count, the important things in our life, the things that we face, the challenges and opportunities. and um, So happy to have you on board. I am your host, Dr. Dan Critchett, and today's subject is a tough one. It is filled with lots of damage and darkness, and it has touched the lives of most Americans in some way, either directly or indirectly. And we're going to shine a light on the subject today and give hope and encouragement for the future. The subject toxic parenting. It usually involves some sort of abuse. It's more widespread than we have realized. In fact, when I talk to our guest today, I'm amazed. In fact, I think uh, shocked at uh, the numbers that uh, he is uh, telling us about through all of his research and experience. So I'm wondering, listener, can you think of someone who has experienced toxic parenting? maybe yourself or someone in your circle of family and friends. So our guest today is going to help us with this delicate yet powerful subject. In studio today, I'm happy to welcome Rick Johnson. And he is a national speaker and conference leader and um, uh, has spoken to thousands at a time and over the course of years has spoken to tens of thousands of people. In small settings, in churches and schools, and in some of the larger venues, uh, several thousand people at a time. He's the author of 12 books on parenting, marriage, family, and uh, some of the titles that he has. We might mention some of those, but the one we're going to talk about today is Overcoming Toxic Parenting. Brand new book just out with Ravel as the publisher. And uh, Rick has been very prolific and very insightful and helpful in the whole area of parenting and family and marriage. So today we're going to talk about the issue of toxic parenting, what it is, how to recognize and confront it, and what to do for a positive, healthy future. The title of today's show actually is the same as the title of the book. I don't usually do that, but in this case, I'm going to so, the title of today's show is Overcoming Toxic Parenting. Before we get into that, I want to remind you briefly about uh, the scope of our show. And uh, we are here really to provide help and encouragement for living a life that matters. And our five core priorities for a boomer's life number one, home and family. Number two, health and wellness. Number three, budget and finances. Number four, heart and soul. And number five, work and purpose. And we provide that kind of information and help the boomers of America. And we, we do it with the so that clause. We want you to be happy and healthy in all of those areas so that you can live a life that matters. Today, obviously, the topic of our five core priorities is home and family. And the topic, again, overcoming toxic parenting. Let's talk about it. Our guest in studio today, as I mentioned, is Rick Johnson, and Rick, I want to thank you for coming in today, and welcome to Second Half Now. Hi, Dan. My pleasure. Yeah, it's great. We have talked uh, over the last number of months. You've been on the show before, and uh, we're in the habit of meeting for a coffee or iced tea or something on a uh, on a frequent basis and get to know each other and talk about life, mm-hmm. and that's all good stuff. So let's get right into it. Uh, This book, I think, Rick, is very significant, partly because of the sheer number of people that it speaks to. And I have to say, I grew up in kind of a leave-it-to-beaver home, (laughs) you know, everything fine, everything good, mom and dad, you know, both sane and moral and sober. (laughs) And it almost sounds funny to say that, but in our day, that's kind of unusual. When I was in grade school, I remember we had one student in my class, the one, the one you know, um, uh, flashback that I have. And there was one student in the class who came from what we called then a broken home. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know what the stats are, but everything has turned upside down. And, uh, so most of my friends and most of the people in our circle, uh, you know, were had stable, uh, at least on the surface, mm-hmm. stable homes. Mom and dad stayed married for a long time. Kids grew up, you know, got jobs and went out, to the world. So, but it isn't that way everywhere. And um, because of the number of people that this toxic parenting subject speaks to, please tell us what you mean or what is meant by the term toxic parenting.
2: Yeah, what I wanted to do, Dan, with this book was um, address a little bit deeper issue than I normally do in my books. You know, most of my books, I think, are, are read by pretty good parents. If you're reading books on parenting, you're, you're probably a pretty good parent. Um, but having come from this particular background, uh, of an abusive environment, I wanted to try to reach out to people uh, and speak to them to help them understand that, you know, your past isn't your future. Mm. You can change some of those things that you were programmed with, if you will, uh, as a child. And so, um, yeah, that was, I think that was my impetus for doing this. I think the book was very cathartic for me as far personally to write this and um and like i said the, that's really what i wanted to do is bring some hope and encouragement to people
1: and how would you say that it was uh cathartic i mean you, you went through a whole process of um research and kind of sorting through some mm-hmm. thoughts and asking some questions and chasing some insights or some results and stuff and you you started to factor all this together and and measure it up with your uh upbringing or with your early childhood family life sure and
2: one of the things i wanted to do was differentiate between Dysfunctional
1: families and toxic
2: families. Okay, good. good. In that, yeah. you know, probably most families are dysfunctional to some degree, right. um, in quotations. Um, but um, I, you know, tox, I consider toxic parenting to be abuse, whether it be abandonment, emotional or psychological abuse, verbal abuse, physical abuse, incest or sexual abuse, neglect, alcoholism, drug abuse, mental illness. I think even poverty can can produces some sort mm-hmm. of an abuse. Uh, with children as well, that requires intervention to some right. degree in order to break out of that generational cycle. Right. Well, so that's that was my hope with this book was to yes. help people to break those generational cycles so they don't continue to get right. passed down from from one family mm-hmm. to the next.
1: And that's what we want to spend this time digging into. And I know we're not going to get it all covered in part one. So what is on the air, we're going to have to conclude. In 20 minutes or so, but then we want to make sure that everybody realizes that some of the best answers and some of the best hope and encouragement is going to be on part two, which is be on our website, secondhalfnow.com. So you said something I want to pick up on and kind of shine a light on that, where you said your past is not your future or doesn't have to be your future. So if someone is kind of stuck in that or was raised in a toxic parenting home, uh, they can say, okay, now this is going to be refreshing because I'm going to hear something that declares that I don't have to continue to live in the consequences of my upbringing. Right, and and
2: one of the things I think is important for us to talk about right at the beginning is how prevalent this really is. Let's talk um, about that. Uh, interestingly, um, a number of years ago, the CDC, the Center for Disease Control and Kaiser Permanente, collaborated on a study of uh, surveying 17,000 uh, Kaiser members. And what they did is they asked them, they surveyed them to ask them if they had, had uh, experienced any one of eight uh, adverse childhood experiences, or what they call ACEs. And these included things like emotional abuse, physical abuse, sexual abuse, having a battered mother, uh, parental divorce, substance abusing mother, mentally ill mother, or an incarcerated household member. And so when they surveyed these 17,000 members, two-thirds reported that, at least, uh, that they had had at least one mm. of these, and more than one in five reported three or more. Now, what's important about that is ACEs have a cumulative effect on human beings with pretty drastic results. For instance, if a child has experienced four or more ACEs, the outcomes include being 12 times more likely to commit suicide, 10 more, times more likely to use drugs, 7 times more likely to abuse alcohol. Um, individuals with four or more is twice as likely to be diagnosed with cancer and have Mm -hmm. a 460% greater uh, likelihood of suffering from depression. Wow. And an ACE score of six or more shortens a a person's lifespan by 20 years. Now, I had six or more of those, and so I shouldn't be talking to you right now. Yeah. But here's the real Mm -hmm. hope in all this is studies show that if you go back – and you address these different abuses, these different ACEs that you experienced as a child, and you heal from them, it erases all of those negative things and puts you back on a course where your normal lifespan, normal health, uh, it, it completely erases it and starts you over again. So really? there's a lot of hope in this, Really, in that even though you, know, you asked me what I meant by your past isn't your mm-hmm. future, we don't have to be the kind of parents that we had. Yeah. We can be different. Now, here's the challenge for most people. Most people I meet are very good at kind of stuffing a lot of this stuff right. until they have kids, mm. and once we have kids, it brings out all the Comes pressures out. and stress. Bring okay. out all of these different things, and we yeah. find ourselves doing and saying yeah. some of the very same things that we said we would never do right. that our parents did. But we've been, our brains have been programmed; they've right. actually been imprinted to respond in that way. And if we don't, we don't know. What we don't know. If we, don't, if we don't change that, yeah. we're going to end up acting the same way. Wow.
1: It reminds me of uh, my friend, uh, coach, uh, brain coach Brad, Brad Pendergraft. And uh, in the uh, field of neuroscience, uh, there's a, an axiom that says, neurons that fire together, wire together. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what you're getting at, is if you have the same mental and emotional response to certain events or, uh, or things that happen to you, that kind of stays the pattern, And so when when it happens again, then your neurons kind of fire together and it's the same response. But what you're saying, Rick, is that there is hope not just to feel better or to, how do I want to say, have a better outlook, but it really, you can reprogram the neurons of your brain to actually have a different response. Uh, And that's what your book covers. Part part of the
2: research that I did that, that I found fascinating was how we we can't actually reprogram our brains because once we learn these things, once these neurons, these neural pathways develop, and I'll go through that real briefly here in a second. we they never go away. But if we don't use them, for instance, when you learn how to ride a bike, you never forget, but mm-hmm. you do get rusty, right and it takes you a while sometimes to figure out how to do it. so so here's what happens in the brain is uh, briefly, I'm sure, Brain coach, Brad, (laughs) did this a lot better than me. But, you know, your brain has billions of individual cells and neurons and and they develop trillions of connections with other cells. Mm -hmm. And so an infant's brain at birth is only about 25% developed, which allows it to adapt to many different environments. Hence, a child's brain raised by loving parents will develop much differently than one raised in a home with, say, a drug-addicted mother and lots of domestic violence. You know, the brain's main primary job is survival. And so what happens is if survival is threatened, the rest of the brain shuts down except for the functions that help self-preservation. So for a child from a violent home, the higher functioning regions, regions of the brain become smaller from lack of use, affecting the child's ability to learn and understand the world other than how to survive wow. in this very vigilant yeah. environment. Um, and, and, and that's great for that environment, but when we get out of that environment, then we lack the skills to, to be able to do it. So so here's what happens. Let's say to reprogram you, because people are all the time. Well, then how do I how do I overcome some of these that I've had? So you can actually program your brain in different ways. So just as an example, let's say that you had parents that were verbally abusive and they were always angry and critical to you, and not surprisingly, then you grew up to be angry and critical of everyone around you. And now that you're a parent, you want your children to feel better about themselves than you felt about mm. yourself. Yeah. You want to treat your kids the way your parents did you or pass those traits on. So here's what you decide to do. You decide that the way to do that is to offer praise every chance you get instead of finding fault. Now, that's hard because you're programmed not to do that. Okay. Right. So here's a way to, to, to approach this. So every night before you go to bed, the last thing you think about is, I'm going to praise my child five times tomorrow. Okay, And then when you wake up in the morning, the very first thing you think about, I'm going to offer praise as often as possible today, praise and positive feedback. And you, and you force yourself to do that several times a day. Mm-hmm. Now, again, it's not easy because that's not what you've been. Gradually, though, it becomes easier, and uh, becoming critical actually becomes harder. If you do it often enough and practice it and develop those neural pathways, I, you know, think about when you first started to play a musical instrument. At first, it was really slow and hard to, mm-hmm. and difficult. But over time, as you practiced and brain patterns developed, it started getting easy and more proficient. Pretty soon, you're you're much more positive and, and, and not near as negative, right. and um, and your kids benefit because of it.
1: It becomes natural. Second nature. Yeah. I'm thinking of a scripture passage that says, As a man thinks in his heart, so is mm. he. And I'm thinking that uh, th- how we think, how we process the the uh, the neurons of our brain. I mean, I don't think the word neuron is in the Bible anywhere, but it's such a powerful truth. Then, because when we see misbehavior or we see you know things that we don't approve of in our kids, um, it, how we think, how we process that becomes who we are as parents. And that's how the kids will see us, Mm. right? They'll see how we respond or react to those things. And those are patterns that get deeply ingrained, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and I I think you're, you're helping us by saying with diligence and with discipline and practice, you can actually um, become a different parent by focusing on a different, a different response to the, the misbehavior or whatever. Well, it is well it and was. that's
2: one strategy. There's other strategies that I okay. think you have to do in combination with that. Yeah. But you're absolutely right. Our kids pick up on cues like that, which impacts their self-esteem, sure. their self-image, all those kinds of things that they carry. Our words are, you know, we tend to not, especially as men, I think we tend to not think of our words as meaning much because we judge people by their actions, not right. so much by what they say. But to our kids and to our wives, our words are hugely powerful. And Absolutely. Many of us are carrying around in our hearts today as baby boomers. Right. Words that we heard our fathers and mothers speak to us that right. that still stick in our heart and, sure. and cause
1: us pain. So And and
2: affect our self-image and, and, and self, uh,
1: self-belief. Absolutely. I'm thinking of an old uh, phrase that you probably heard in your childhood, and I know I did in mine. It says sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Hurt me, and I just don't believe that anymore. I'd rather have sticks and stones any time than a hurtful and harmful and damaging word. So, do you think there's something to that?
2: Well, they say uh, smarter people than I say that you know physical wounds heal, and and uh, verbal or emotional wounds tend right. to not heal right. so so easily anyway. Right. So, um, but. Any kind of abuse is is bad for kids. Right. Kids don't deserve to be abused in any of these forms, and and that's really you know the the I think the thing that we want to focus on is is uh, helping parents to again become the kind of parents that they want to be and that their kids right. deserve not not be tied to their past, yeah. so to speak.
1: I really like that. The kids be the parent your your child deserves that's really powerful we're going to dig a little bit deeper and ask uh, some really really important questions as soon as we get back from the break so
0: don't go away do you have an elderly parent that is becoming isolated not eating well feeling depressed or fearful of losing independence do you know your options need peace of mind or know what is best for yourself or others during their golden years of life at no cost to you or your family golden placement services can give you hope in the midst of great change even if it means staying at home is the right option. Call the Golden Girls at 503-723-7145 today. That's 503-723-7145 and schedule your non-obligation appointment today. If your kids are grown and gone, it might be time to be thinking about how you want to spend the next several years. One of your options is to downsize to a home that is a better fit. Attend the Upside of Downsizing Conference, an educational conference for boomers, seniors, and their adult children to learn how to downsize successfully and to gain solid solutions. Ticket prices are only $25 through November 5th and includes presenters, exhibitors, lunch, and free parking. The conference is on November 19th at the Holiday Inn Conference Center near the Portland Airport and will run from 9.30 a.m. to 3 p.m. The event sponsor is Oregon Live and the Oregonian. For reservations, visit UpsideOfDownsizing.com or call 503-208-9421. 503-208-9421. Space is limited. RSVP now. Interest rates are still down, and that means the time to buy is right now. Let 24-7 Properties help you find the right house for your current needs. Jeff and his team, they take the time to get to know you and your unique situation to find the home that's just right for you. Search for available homes online at 247prop.com. I'm Jeff Edmondson, founder of 24-7 Properties. Call me today, and let's talk about the type of property you are interested
2: in purchasing. No obligation, no cost. Let's find out what's right for you. Call me, 503 780-3030 780-3030 780
1: We are in studio with Rick Johnson, the author of a brand new book, Overcoming Toxic Parenting. In fact, that is the title of today's show, Overcoming Toxic Parenting. I want to give a big thanks to those who helped make all of our programs possible and our ministry organization here in our metropolitan area uh, besides the ones that you heard on the uh, on the spots there, upside of downsizing, golden placement services, and 24-7 properties, we also want to acknowledge and give thanks to Hearthstone Senior Living, Transformational Finance, Dignity Memorial, Portland City Acupuncture, The Next Phase Coaching, and Dr. Dan Miller with Beaverton Chiropractic. So as we went to the break, we were talking about how um, – how damaging this whole uh, issue of toxic parenting can be. And I'm going to um, ask Rick to go back to what we were talking about, the extensive uh, nature of toxic parenting, and particularly regarding, and he's had uh, conversations in groups and at at workshops and so forth of his own, um, about uh, the prevalence of sexual abuse among women as they, uh, as they remember it and as they experience it as kids. So Uh, Rick, tell us what you have learned about that.
2: Well, statistically, um, one in four women uh, report that they've been sexually abused in one form or another. Um, Generally, they know their abuser. About 90% of them know their abuser. So a lot of this is incestual kind of things. Um, The problem is 60% of sex abuse never gets reported. So I'm thinking probably a significant higher portion than one out of four, maybe as many as... Half of all women or so. Now, we need to mention also that males are sexually abused. I think statistically one in six, one in seven. But males' rate of not reporting it is significantly higher than females are. Sure. Because I of the shame that's involved in right, all that kinds of right. stuff. So um, I would bet a significantly greater portion of, of one out of six boys has been sexually abused as well. So that is just, just that alone, when we consider all the other types of abuse, oh yeah. which oftentimes... Multiple types of abuse go on in the same family. Right. But right. nevertheless, that's a significant portion of people who've, right. who've been impacted by this right. in one form or another. My
1: gosh. Now, this sexual abuse, um, is that for for women particularly, is that for when they were girls, when they were growing up? Um, it could be uh, adults. It could okay. be rape. It could be uh, okay. incest. It could
2: be any okay. number of things.
1: I mean, it's just such a uh, um, difficult thing to even talk about. And so, if I'm if I'm preaching in a in my church and uh, there's a hundred people there, let's just you know round it off or you know make it easy. So you're saying that maybe somewhere in the range of fifty or more of them have experienced some sort of sexual abuse,
2: maybe of women for sure. Yeah. I'd say. Yeah.
1: Wow. Now, now I don't have any studies
2: to back that up. That's that's just anecdotal on my part. Right. But it makes sense that if statistically one out of four are but x number doesn't get reported right that tells you that there's a lot more as right.
1: well well that's that's uh it's shocking but i i like what you say your whole attitude is different i want to have you tell a little bit a bit more about why you connect with this and the few minutes that we have left on part on part one here and the rest we're going to go uh to our podcast and to our website to finish up with part two and we'll be able to talk a lot more then but tell us a little bit about your story rick
2: so, I, yeah, I came from an uh, alcoholic home. My mother and stepfather were alcoholics, a very abusive environment, physically, emotionally, psychologically. Um, and, you know, I, I think um, I tended to, well, first of all, like most people, I, I tended to either deny or justify the abuse. Um, I can remember for the longest time thinking, I didn't come from an abusive home clearly I did there's no question you know once I became educated on the on the subject um, j- just as an example you know we used to get beatings with the belt frequently and they weren't mm. just <laughs> spankings they were beatings really and you know I never thought much about that other than it wasn't I didn't like it but I watched a YouTube video a while back of a of a of a Middle Eastern slave owner beating his male slave with a belt and uh oh it's horrid yeah, and and I and I I thought, but you know what? It reminds me exactly what it was like uh, when I was growing up. Wow. And and so you know, I think a lot of people either 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 deny it or or justify it. I, a lot of men I talk to are like, "Well, yeah, my dad beat us, but we probably had it coming." Mm. You know, as like, no, no kids deserve to be beaten. I don't care what you've done or what kind of a kid you are. You don't deserve to get beat. And so yeah. that that was kind of my background, you know.
1: Well, that's amazing. I know that everybody is thinking, gosh, that is so horrible. Who could even imagine that? And some others are thinking, yeah, I can relate to that. I can connect with that. So, folks, you really want to go to our website, secondhalfnow.com, and you want to listen to the rest of this particular show. Overcoming toxic parenting with uh, author and speaker Rick Johnson, and uh, we're going to have to close out for now. But this has been such a great, uh, helpful start because we want to lift the flag of healing and hope, and we want to say some things. Rick is going to share some things about how to get, uh, get beyond, and the the overcoming part of the title of the book. I think is really it. healing,
2: I, healing from some of this. Yeah, um, and it's not just trying to forget. It's no, actually yeah. Not.
1: Good, I appreciate that. So we want to encourage everybody to uh, tune into our radio show on a regular basis. We are here on KKPZ 1330 AM on the dial in the Portland, Oregon uh, area. And we are on Monday evenings at 530 to 6 PM. And then, of course, the rest is online. So go to our website, secondhalfnow.com. You'll hear the whole program over there. So we are with Rick Johnson, national author and speaker, with the subject Overcoming Toxic Parenting. So Rick, I know that a lot of people are wondering, how can they find out more? How can they get in touch with you? What's the answer to that question?
2: Sure. If they go to our website at uh, betterdads.net, they can find out about this book. They can purchase this book. They can All of our resources are available online and uh, basic my speaking schedule. It's all sorts of things that they might be interested in.
1: Betterdads.net. Mm-hmm. Great resource. Thank you for that. So I want to thank you for listening today, and we are really here to help the American Baby Boomer, live a life that matters. And that's what we're here to do. I am your host, Dr. Dan Critchett. I want to uh, have you continue with our program and our and our the rest of our discussion with Rick Johnson on our website, secondhalfnow.com. We'll see you there.
0: Thanks for listening to Second Half Now with Dr. Dan Critchett on KKPZ 1330 The Truth. Sponsored by Dignity Memorial. To hear the rest of this program, find out more about the topics discussed today, or ask questions, visit SecondHalfNow.com. That's SecondHalfNow.com. Tune in next Monday at 5.30 p.m. for more tools and tips for the life you want to live from now on. Until then, visit SecondHalfNow.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club!